Hi, this is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm sorry, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a hard place to live, and I think a little more so than usual lately. So, among other things we're doing to get by, whether it's protesting or donating or sharing resources, the thing we do on this podcast to make the world slightly easier for 25 or so minutes is I play a game with one guest who is also the contestant who is guaranteed to win. I assign them points based on how much the answers to their game questions cheer me up personally, and then the winner gives a pep talk to the person or group of their choice, because this isn't all about me, it's just mostly about me. They also, of course, win a $100 grand prize donation to the cause of their choice. Without further ado, let's get into it. Our contestant this week is a writer for Search Party, which is a great show, and season three comes out on HBO Max June 25th. She's also one of the hosts of the smart and hilarious podcast, Election Profit Makers. Please welcome to the show, Starly Kine. Hi. Hi, thank you for being here. Of course. Being here, in quotes. We're in two different places. Yeah. But we're, we're here together still. Mm-hmm. How how are you holding up lately? And it's okay if the answer is bad or if you want to lie and say not bad. I don't know. The answer is just, I don't know. We have to invent new words for the answer. I know that there's a new thing where we're not supposed to say, how are you to people anymore. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't, say how, you didn't say that. So you're already, you're already on the trend. Sick. But we're going to have to start inventing new answers. Yeah, in, in, I agree. in a global way and personally to that question. And for podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, think globally, act podcast. That's yeah. what I always say. Yeah. Well, let's get into our game. Starly, you were the host of the amazing Mystery Show podcast where you solved actual mysteries. It was legitimately one of my favorite pieces of entertainment of the past several years. And you work on Search Party, a real funny, intense, and thrilling show permeated by mystery and intrigue. Our game today is going to be called Building a Mystery. You will cheer me up by outlining conditions for optimal mystery, intrigue, and suspense. Starly, are you ready to play Building a Mystery? I'm so ready. Question one. What is the lowest stakes conundrum or problem that still qualifies as a mystery? Well, on my show, the lowest stakes was how tall is Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm -hmm. To me, there is no low stakes mystery if the person whose mystery it is is invested in a high stakes way. Mm -hmm. If it has a high stakes consequence on their life to know the solution. That's really my criteria for what makes a mystery. I don't like jokey mysteries. What do you do now when people send you mysteries? Every single time someone sends me a mystery, I think, oh, I, before I open it, because usually I'll see the subject line. I'll see like the beginning of the message that says, I have a mystery that only you can solve. And I, every single time I'm like, I really hope this is a mystery that is so important to solve that I'll have no choice but to let the world bring mystery show back. Like I just, like I, I have, I bring a lot of hope to every single one of these messages. And then pretty much every time it's like, no, that's not the one. And I actually just heard the other day, do you know Jen Snow? Yes. You know, you know? yes, 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 of course. Yes. She sent me something the other day that is a mystery and she wasn't Ooh. sending it to me like this is a mystery. It's such the right mystery that it might be the thing that I need wow. to do. Yeah. I love that this is like you're always looking for the mystery that sends you on your like Danny Glover one day from retirement and lethal weapon getting too <laughs> old for this shit adventure. That is such a perfect, exquisite, wonderful analogy for what I am feeling. Yes. Because his fatigue in that Mm -hmm. His weariness is how I feel every day. 
Oh, of course. This is a yeah. great answer. I think we covered a lot of ground, but I think the answer that this, that what makes a mystery is the stakes of the mystery to the person who needs it solved is so beautiful and like clarifying to me that that is immediately out of the gates a 20 point answer. Oh, good. Oh, great. Yeah. And the, and the mystery that I'm considering doing now, the stakes involve me. Whoa. So there's no higher stakes than yourself. For the, the detective and the subject? Yeah. Fucking awesome. That's yeah. another five points. This rules. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about this. It's like this time it's personal. Yeah. This is now, if we're talking 80s action movies, this is your diehard. I mean, you're just really hitting it out of the park with the movie references. Thank you. I've seen two movies. <laughs> <laughs> wait, is it this time it's personal from he already is like he already is at this time in the first one? Or is no, that the second I just mean, one? Okay, so in the public consciousness, as far as anyone can seem to remember, it is the tagline to the fourth Jaws movie, Jaws the Revenge. Oh, my God. So it took four movies for this time? It's personal to hit that family? Honestly, no, it's about the shark. This time it's personal for the shark. <laughs> <laughs> the other times he was just like, people, sharks, natural enemies. But this time he's like, I think they hate me. <laughs> Incredible. So we're at 25 yeah. points currently. Next question. If you could crack one unsolved mystery from any point in time, which would you choose? I really like the D.B. Cooper mystery. Mm -hmm. I find it so cool. Can you talk a little bit about what the elements of it are that you enjoy? Yeah, so the D.B. Cooper mystery is that he there was a hijacker on a plane who successfully gave the stewardess a note. He said he wanted $200,000. The plane landed. He successfully got the money in exchange for the passengers. And then... The plane took off and he parachuted out and was never found, never heard from again. No one knows who he is. They call D.B. Mm -hmm. Cooper is not his real name. He was wearing a suit and they never found him and they never found a body. And there was like a few years ago, a little boy found a little bag of five of, of like $5,000 of old rotting money mm -hmm. that had the same serial numbers as DB, the money they gave D.B. Cooper. And during Mad Men, when Mad Men was on, there was like yep. those theories going around that Don was D.B. Cooper. Yep, and I remember I that. I do kind of think that was a missed opportunity. I loved that guess. I thought it was so perfect. And maybe that is part of why I love D.B. Cooper, but it really is like aesthetically D.B. Cooper can't be beat as far as mysteries go. Can you say a little more about that? Because I think you made a compelling case for why it's compelling, but like what is the can't, what to you is so magnetic? Well, him being Don Draper, like oh, that. Oh, yes, of course. And, and this, him wearing the suit and his whole yep. demeanor. There's so many places your mind can go when you imagine the outcome. Because I really yes. do love the idea of him surviving and going off to live this life and no one ever knowing he was D.B. Cooper. Mm -hmm. And no one got hurt. Yeah, I very, like a mystery where no one gets hurt. Yeah, this was very, very, very pre-9-11. And mm -hmm. I'm always intrigued by the, you know, who's Jack the Ripper and stuff, but mm -hmm. I just feel like I'm not a big true crime person. And so mm -hmm. this one is a, it doesn't, it, it turned out okay. Because even, because everyone on the plane had a story to tell, right? You could dine out on that for your life, yes. your whole life. Yeah, and this was before the internet. So that was like the yeah. only story that was being told that year. <laughs> right, right, right. There was no other, it was like the best gossip of the whole year. Yeah. And it, it didn't like burn through the media cycle in eight hours, the way things do now. Yeah. And I feel like... <sighs> It's the kind of mystery that can have a solution, unlike so many of these other ones, which are just like, they just get so wild so quickly. Like whenever I look them up, I'm always like, I don't know. Like, I don't like the alien ones because yeah. the alien ones always feel like conspiracy theories and I'm not a conspiracy theory person. And they seem like 
the answers are never going to be satisfying. Who D.B. Cooper is will always be a satisfying answer because there's also the element of even if he died, even if he fell and he didn't mm-hmm. survive, who he is is still a mystery that we can always try to solve. Excellent. Yeah. It's a great answer. A classic yeah. mystery. Classic, genteel. <laughs> yeah. A wonderful answer. That yeah. is a 14-point answer, and I love Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Next question. If you are caught going or being somewhere you shouldn't be, you're not allowed to be, what is the best, like, go-to excuse? What's the best thing you can go, oh, this, and then well, people leave you alone? Well, now it's shelter in place. Because you can't, you can't leave. Right. Or, like shelter in place or curfew. I feel like now right. you're just like, what do you want me to do? Leave? Go outside? You're the curfew. And also you told me to shelter in place. And then like, I think you would trip them up so much that they wouldn't be able to question, but do you live here? Mm-hmm. Like you would just be like, I'm sheltering. I'm sheltering. I, I took it literally. It's like the game when you freeze. <laughs> That's what it, yeah. you just are like, I don't know. I don't know how to be a law-abiding citizen if you're confusing me with my rules. Like I was told to shelter and I was told to not go out during a curfew. So then... That's it. I think that would just scramble their brains enough to leave you alone. I love that. I think it yeah. it, it takes advantage of people's confusion in the moment. It is mm-hmm. effective. It's simple. That's great. This is a 16-point answer. Thank you. You're welcome. Next question. You get in too deep on a case. You fall in love with someone you're trying to get information from or solve a mystery for. Is that romantic, unethical, or both? I think you described online dating, which is all about <laughs> trying to get information from people. Yep. <laughs> So, but curiously, that's not romantic. It's not unethical because online dating isn't unethical. Although neither, neither is another possibility. Yeah, but still, dating is involved. Right, but it doesn't. Not all dating is romantic. Yes. I think you really got to the bottom of a thing I didn't even know we were talking about. (laughs) That's a twenty-two point answer. Thank you. Next question. You're yeah. welcome. Next yeah. question. Vanilla Ice famously rapped, if there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. I imagine this is not Vanilla Ice, but who is the celebrity you'd most trust to help you solve a difficult and or secretive problem and why? Uh, Bill Murray. Okay. Because everyone likes Bill Murray. Yeah. They're going to um, want to open up to him. Yeah, of course. And he is very good at keeping secrets. You know how he, he, he doesn't have an agent, he doesn't have any reps, you can only get a hold of him by getting his number, and mm-hmm. he's never told us what he says at the end of Lost in Translation. So we know mm-hmm. for a fact he can keep a secret. And so like, there's just no, and he'd be so fun. There'd be, be no fun. one you'd rather have go on a stakeout with than Bill Murray. And that would like, be really fun. The world would just open up to him. He gets away with everything. He's That's Bill true. Murray. Yeah, it so would be that, mystery and it would be whimsy. Yeah, it it would be, it would cover every genre except for action, I guess. Has he ever been in an action? It, it could movie? be action. Has he ever been? Yeah, I thought there was one. Was he in the one where they dressed up like clowns to rob a bank? Quick Change is that movie? That is Quick it's Change. Called Quick Change. Yeah, you is that Bill do Murray? Not, don't you dare go towards the Google for Quick Change. I'm I, sorry. Yeah, I don't think that is you that saw an my action. Hands. Have you seen it? I have, but not for like twenty five years. It's so sad. It's, such, it's sad clown. It should just be called sad clown. Uh, it's <laughs> and also it's sad because of Randy Quaid, R.I.P. Randy Quaid's mm-hmm. brain, his sanity. I don't know if that movie. It's not action enough because it's comedy. There is yeah. definitely chases, but that is a really good. You're right. That's the closest one until now. <laughs> until now, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to just watch Quick Change now. I wonder if it's streaming anywhere. Quick Change, I'm pretty sure, has the 
the co- the Danny Glover kind of cop. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. got the one last job and I'm out of here cop. And to to the point where I think at the end a cop's probably like turns turns a blind eye and lets them get Let's away. Get I can't. Away yeah, I'm, I'm giving so many spoilers on this podcast. How? Should, no, that's that's okay. A spoiler is just a mystery solved. I know, but no, a spoiler is a podcast that tells a story that's already been solved. That's already been. Okay, and that's I don't. Fair. I mean, you're you're right. I'm agreeing with you. I'm yes, anding you. But I don't but really like right this kind too. of podcasts. You're right too. I'm glad we got to quick change. Yeah, oh, it's so good. I think about it a lot. I have to say, I, it, it, it's one of the ones that rattles around my mind pretty frequently. It's very good. That's 18 points for this answer of Bill Murray, and then another three points for just a delightful conversation of quick change, which of course stars, as we discussed, Bill Murray. Next question. If you were a master of disguise, what costume would you be most excited to deploy? If you are a real master of disguise, feel free to lie to throw me off your trail. The costume I would deploy is I would tell people I was short when I was interviewing them mm-hmm. over the phone because, as you know, I'm very tall. <laughs> so I would tell them I was short to, to make them think maybe to pity me or to... Just, or make you. me feel not threatening. Yeah. Yeah, underestimate me. And it, you can only get away with that. I can only, I, me as a tall person can only get away with that by the gift of audio. You right. know, because once they meet me, I would just be towering over them. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and they would be terrified. <laughs> they would be, they would not believe you're short. It would, yeah. they would be confused by your insistence. Yeah. I like that. I think you could do, like, what, what would you say? Like, how would you imply being short it, without going mm-hmm. ahead and say, or would you just say it? Would you be like, you'll recognize me. I'm very small. <laughs> I would be like walking. I'd be like, hold on. I have to get something. And then you would like hear me jumping up and down, trying to reach a low shelf. <laughs> a low shelf. <laughs> I'm going to get some mediocre liquor over there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be a thing. And then I'd also be like, listen, hold on again. I'm just going to walk under this, <laughs> now, I'm under this like low stool. Like, right, not right, the, right, 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 right. You know, like a low ladder. Yeah. I would just have to like, t- I would be very visual with my describing of what my breaks, I was doing on my breaks from talking. <laughs> one, one thing that I love about this is that you've got a stool, but you're <laughs> not using it to reach the shelf. <laughs> you're no. just going under it for maximum shortness yeah. or minimum tallness. It's only for scale. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, what yeah. The, that's what the stool's <laughs> purpose is in my apartment. One thing that I love about this discussion that we're having is that every person who has not heard your previous mystery show or seen your appearance on Conan is now, when we're talking about height, again wondering how tall Jake Gyllenhaal is. Oh, I love it. Yeah. They're so in suspense. I, all I want people to think about is how tall is Jake Gyllenhaal. I want it to be like the way people have mantras when they meditate. Yeah. I want that to be the mantra in their head. I love that. I think yeah. it's beautiful. It's euphonic. Um, people, people are gonna. I'm. I will put in the show notes the link to your Conan appearance because it's so satisfying. <laughs> um, but I will not. We will not give away the answer to this question on this podcast. No, they have to work for. They it. have to work for. They it. have to work for this answer. That's exactly what I was gonna say. We can't just be giving this to people. No. Incredible answer. 
truly wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. Incredible deceptions. (laughs) I think what we're looking at right here is a 36-point answer. Huge answer. Wow, thank you. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Next question. Which is more satisfying, catching someone red-handed or getting away with something yourself? It's interesting because I think catching someone, but only because you then have a story. It's harder mm-hmm. to have a story when the absence of something happens. Mm-hmm. But it's going against my, my D.B. Cooper answer, which is he got away with it, and I find it intriguing. I agree, but I think what's intriguing is the opportunity to catch D.B. Cooper, right? Like being D.B. Cooper as isn't as intriguing as thinking about it, because D.B. Cooper already knows who D.B. Cooper is. Yeah, and don't you think it just drives him crazy? That he can't tell anyone? Although maybe it doesn't because I don't know why he hasn't told people. Yeah. <laughs> like at this point, what are we going to do? With all the things going on in the world, we're going to go after D.B. Cooper? And so maybe he really does. If you were to ask D.B. Cooper this question, he'd be like, obviously getting away with something is the most satisfying it's thing. It's incredible. It's so good. I spent my whole life basking in that. Yeah. My whole <laughs> life is just getting away with something. But also I'm like, ugh, I just really respect that he is like, it was enough just for me. Yeah, uh, me knowing it because I wouldn't be that would not be enough for me. Obviously, I want to catch someone red-handed, not even because I like catching people, just because I couldn't handle getting away with something and people not knowing. That's an excellent answer. A classic mystery, genteel, unsolved, wonderful work. That is a twenty-four point answer, and I love it. Next question. Yeah. What do you consider to be your greatest strength and greatest weakness in terms of mystery solving? My greatest weakness is that I have a hard time before I make a phone call making the phone call. Okay. Because I get abstractly scared of <laughs> of talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, like not scared that the person's going to hurt me or something, just like I dread it and to such an extent. And then when I t- get on the phone, I'm like, oh, this is fine. I can do this forever and then I won't let people get off. Then I have like six hour long <laughs> interviews. But it's like the m- beat before it happens that it can take like years before that phone call is made. I feel like I... Every time someone calls me on the phone, I stare at my phone and I'm terrified of ant. I don't want to talk on the phone. And then I just remember that my career is built on me talking on the, I'm like, <laughs> like notable moments of me talking on the phone. And you're just like knees weak, palms are sweaty, vomit on her sweater already, mom's spaghetti and you do it. Yeah, but I don't always do it. I mean, the putting off to do it is the weakness because it just mm-hmm. takes, it means less gets done because I dread it so much. But then once on the phone, I mean, I'm not going to let you get off this call. So like, <laughs> could not be more chatty once I'm on. <laughs> And then I guess my greatest strength is... Phone call stamina. <laughs> yeah. Well, the curiosity I, the curiosity that comes from once I'm on the phone. It's very hard to resist asking the questions, and so I think that is probably a strength. And the fact that I am stubborn about what I like. So like in the case of mysteries, I find it the most interesting thing to solve mysteries, but it's also like very... It's a very poor career choice because <laughs> like it's... Mysteries are real risks, and nothing's guaranteed. Yep. And so, if your whole thing is, I'm only going to dedicate my life to telling stories about mysteries that I then have to solve. It's both a strength and a weakness because I can't help but do that. But also, I don't think it practically makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the like batting average on those panning out to mix metaphors is like really tough. I personally get kind of tired when I think of telling a story that's already been resolved. Right. Because every story is kind of a mystery, right? Like, and there's incredible stories that people that are out there that people bring to light, 
and tell us about, and people do really good jobs at it. I like the risk factor of being like, if this doesn't have a solution, no one will hear this story. Okay, these are huge answers. Great strengths, great weaknesses. That is a 31-point answer all put together. Thank you. Final question. What is the coolest thing to say after solving a mystery? I mean, really, the best thing to say is, you just want to say case closed. Like, it's a real classic, but it's very satisfying. Case closed is so good. Yeah, because the most satisfying thing is solving it. And so you, you just need a little tiny, the smallest little closure to show, like to seal it, to seal that solution. Do you celebrate after you solve a mystery? I mean, it's been a while since I've solved a mystery, but when I was solving them, <laughs> I, it was like the best, it was the best, the most, it was the biggest high of all time. I hate being high. I wish I didn't. I'm envious of people who don't hate being high. Yeah. But when I would solve mysteries, it was it was such a rush. Um, and I remember after I solved the Britney Spears one, I, I solved the Britney Spears one by, ta- by well, you, I guess I don't like to give spoilers of my own stories. Um, and then afterwards, <laughs> that's I went... So, that's so <laughs> funny that you'll spoil anything except your own podcast. <laughs> I'm such a villain. <laughs> it's so villainous. That's so funny. <laughs> um, after I solved that one, I then had to privilege of watching her show in Vegas, not oh, personally yeah. invited by her. I had, the, I had the ticket to the show and then I went and sat down and I, that was the, the greatest experience. I loved that show. I had a whiskey and it was just like, I was like already drunk off having gotten a solution. It was hard to top that celebration because it was an actual like show being put on for me. Yeah, very good. Sorry to redirect, but Case closed was the answer to the question, which is a very cool, very classic way to end a mystery. That is 30 points, a cool 30, bringing you to a total score of 212 points. Incredible performance, the all-time high score in Make My Day history. Thank you so much for playing. How do you feel, Starly? I feel pretty good. I'm going to be thinking about the numbers assigned to each of my answers for a while. Mm-hmm. I feel like your style of podcast host is a little, is like, is very little kid putting on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like if the Little Rascals had a podcast, but were in their 30s. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that is how I feel about it. That's how I feel about everything I do, where it's like, isn't it so neat we get to do a show for people? Yeah, and then and even and the numbers assigned to the answers feel very much. They're like, just like what a child thinks is an interesting number. Yeah, Starly, as today's grand prize winner, you have won a one hundred dollar donation to the charitable or aid cause of your choice. Uh, what is your cause? I'll give to the NWACP's Legal Defense Fund. That's wonderful. It's a great cause, the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. I'll put that in the show notes if people would like to donate themselves. This is wonderful, incredible gameplay. Our final segment of the show, of course, is the pep talk. Starly and I will each give a pep talk for someone we think deserves it or a group we think deserves it or needs it at this point in history. I am going to give a pep talk to window-mounted air conditioner units. Not the most pressing institution, but I'm going to give it a shot today. This is going to be a big summer for you, window-mounted air conditioner units. Lots of people are unemployed and underemployed, but you're going to be working overtime. People aren't going to be able to spend much time at the beaches and pools and movie theaters and restaurants where they normally go to stay cool, so a lot is going to fall on your shaky little shoulders. You will need breaks, of course, but you can do this. Even when your filter is so full of gunk, it looks like you've been cooling the air at the bottom of a coal mine. 
Even when in the middle of the night your sound switches briefly from the pleasant hum, like mmm, to the noise of a car's engine that won't start, a sputtering that instills the fear of your failure in the inhabitants of the home you're cooling. This is what you've been waiting all year for. This is your moment. Do your best. Stay cool. Starly, the floor is yours for a pep talk. Well, if we're going to be giving pep talks to inanimate objects, I think I'm going to give a pep talk to our masks. The masks thought they were easing their way in to the post-quarantine life. People were using them to when they were going shopping, you know, when they were walking their dogs. But now, you know, I went to a protest yesterday, and everyone's wearing their masks. Everyone's being really good about wearing their masks. That means the masks are on for hours now sustained. You can't take them off when you're at the protest. It's not like when you're walking around and you get to like take them a little bit down when you ha- when no one's there. There's always someone there. It's really hard when you're out there protesting. You get hot. It's crowded. And I feel like it's going to be very hard to not take it out on your mask because it's it's the thing that is causing you the immediate discomfort. It's a real adjustment to spend that much time <laughs> intimately with their person all of a sudden. I mean, the mask didn't even exist three months ago. So, like, they're babies. The masks are very new to the world. And there wasn't any time when we tended to those masks before they had to, like, be put into service. Like, I just saw there's a, ba- there's a nest of birds outside my house, outside my neighbor's house. Last week, when everything started to, like, really shift, one of those baby birds was sitting outside my door. Like I came home and the baby bird was just there and that baby bird looked very, very upset to be in the world, <laughs> like this world that it landed in. And I, I couldn't, can't imagine that little baby bird suddenly being having to be like put to work immediately. And so those masks, <laughs> <laughs> we're putting a lot on them. And so I feel like we have to be gentle with the masks mm-hmm. and with each other. We have to also like be in it for the long haul. We have to make sure those masks last this whole time for this is not this is like a, a blip we have to really commit to this so I feel like try to listen to your masks and listen to your mask needs and if you're feeling if the mask is feeling really hot and really overwhelmed it's okay to leave a little earlier than you thought you were going to come home lay your mask down give it some alone time and pour yourself a drink or whatever you need to do when you get home so um, good job masks I'm sorry for the lashing out that's going to happen to you. It's not you. You have to remember not to take it personally. You're doing great. Thank you. That was wonderful. A beautiful pep talk for this moment in time. And that's it. This is That's been the show. I, good night, everyone, or good after, whatever. Who cares what time it is? I'm your host, Josh Gondelman, and this has been Make My Day. Thank you to this week's champion, Starly Kind. Starly, where can people find you and your work? Other than Search Party, HBO Max, June 25th. Right now, they can find me on a podcast I'm doing called Election Profit Makers, which is me and my two co-hosts, David Reese and John Kimball, also through Radio Point. When we started this show in 2015, and that was to cope with the anxiety of Trump running, then we brought it up again. We brought it back to cope with the anxiety of the impending election, and now <laughs> it's to cope with all of what's happening. Our coping mechanism is to bet on the election. That's so fun through this website called Predict It. So we're putting our money where our hearts and minds and mouths are. So um, they can listen to it that way. Election Profit Makers is the podcast. That's where they can find me right now. Wonderful. Thank you so much. This is a really wonderful episode. It was a great 
game of building a mystery. If people on Twitter have their own answers to building a mystery games, they can tweet them at me at Josh Gondelman. Leave Starly out of this. She's a busy person. She's got a lot to do. Thank you so much. This has been a real pleasure. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg, executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, please rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days. <laughs>